louder. Everybody and welcome back to Hypodermic, the pod that sticks you deep. I'm the pod boss, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always is the maestro of mayhem, the dawn of disaster, the legend himself, Mr. Nick Benson. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing today? Better now that I'm talking to you. We have a awesome episode planned for today. Lots of cool stuff we're going to talk about, but I'm going to let you do the intro, Nick, as always. All right. So today's guest uh, is relatively new to me. I, I kind of ran across this guy haphazardly. Um, oddly enough, uh, I tried to do a little research on him, and he comes up as goth dad. Uh, but his band is really a throwback to a lot of 80s bands that I really, really love. Um, and today's guest, guys, is Dusty Gannon of Vision Video. Oh, do we there, we <laughs> there we go. Hey, Nick, how's it going? How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a total honor. So absolutely, really cool. it's it's great to have you here, and I am I am absolutely thrilled to have you on because the second I saw your band and and all of the goth dad stuff that you do, I was just like, this guy is right up my alley, man. <laughs> so, yeah. that's great. So uh, it's it's an honor to have you on. Um, but this is, you know, this is all about this is all about you, really. I, I want to get people familiar. You know, you already have a pretty good following, but like, I want to get my viewers familiar with you because I know a lot of my viewers like that same music, and they may might not be familiar with your band, uh, and certainly might not be familiar with Goth Dad, which I think is <laughs> one of the most awesome things on YouTube. Period. So. Um, take me back a little bit and talk about what brought you to do that. Like, I know you have a military background and you, you know, you've been a firefighter. So like, there's a lot yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess like with, with vision video and sort of the goth dad thing and all that, um, it kind of rolls back to, I guess, you know, I, I grew up with music. My family was really musical. So I always loved music and I like started playing guitar at a young age, but I never took like, um, very guided lessons. I just kind of learned as I went along. I messed around and found out, as they say. And uh, But, you know, like at, moving through uh, my time, like into the military when I joined the army and all that, um, I really I, I just kept doing music as a kind of an outlet. So when I realized that I was kind of done with the military, I moved back here to Athens, Georgia, which is where I went to uh, college. I have like a B.A. in religion, which is basically a history degree. And um I was going to go to grad school, but I ended up becoming a firefighter in the metro Atlanta area instead. And I did that for several years um, until this kind of took off musically. And I never really like intentionally was like trying to make music <laughs> my career choice because it's like right. kind of conceivably a bad choice. It's very insecure and like crazy. Uh, and especially being somebody that's worked for the government, like most of their adult life, I was like, oh, shit, this is all up to me now. Yeah. But um, I mean, yeah, like, so, you know, vision video is uh, for those of you not familiar, um, we're kind of like a post-punk goth rock band. We take a lot from the eighties uh, from my favorite bands. Uh, you know, we take a lot of nods from, as we were mentioning just before the podcast started, uh, the March Violets, yeah. uh, the Chameleons. That's like probably my favorite band is the Chameleons, um, the sound uh, you know, the cure, some of the more obvious ones. Uh, but I just love that time of music. Um, but I also don't want to just do something that's like totally contrived and derivative. I want to make something that's a little new. So we add a little bit of kind of, kind of like modernity to it. Um, sure. and I, and, and I think that, uh, you know, the other members of the band bring a lot of that aspect to it as well. Um, so, you know, we started working on this band in like 2018 and, um, uh, you know, we, we got into sort of the, the pandemic era, of, which I think really just shook the music industry on its head, because that was like when we were starting to put out music. Absolutely. And, you know, we we went from being just kind of like this local Athens band to the lockdown. And then in the lockdown, you know, I was a paramedic firefighter. So I had 24 hours on at work and then I'd be off for 48. So I just come home 
and I had nothing to do. I mean, I was just like, well, everything that I love, I can no longer really do right now. I can't go, you know, I, I live like really close to downtown Athens and I can walk down to the 40 watt and go see a show. Like, um, you know, I'm going to go do that tomorrow night. We're going to go see our drummer's other band. Like we walk downtown a lot. So right. that was just gone. And I just saw like, you know, social media kind of changing. And I was like, all right, well, here's an opportunity for me to just like get this band out there so that, you know, and my, and my initial goal is just like to get it out there so that we could go on tour and like afford to do that. And that was kind of it. I was just like, if we do that one day, that'd be cool. And not just like lose every cent that we have. So uh, I started making videos. Uh, uh, you know, initially I had no idea and I still don't know what the hell I'm doing, but um, <laughs> you know, a lot of it was just like, you know, makeup tutorials. So when I was, and this is another kind of throwback when I was a kid, I wanted to do special effects makeup for film. Very and cool. I kind of self-taught, like I lived in rural Georgia. So I was like out in the middle of nowhere. Right. And I had like the Tom Savini VHS and like the books and all, you know, and I just did right. this and, you know, and I, I learned kind of how I typically learn, which is just like messing around. But um, I, so with that background knowledge, I had some idea of like how to do kind of like goth makeup just cause it's the same principles, you know? Sure. Um, and so I started doing like some tutorial stuff and a lot of like hyper cringy, like just bad, dumb videos. And then one day, um, uh, so I write these things, I call them scratch tracks. It's like when I'm trying to develop a melody, you know, for guitar or in the vocal melody, especially and like how that works with the guitar, you know, I'll just kind of like make up lyrics. I'll make up like, sometimes it's literally nonsense. And sometimes it's like a funny joke kind of lyric. And one day I was like writing the song and I was like, think I had this image. Cause I just talked to my dad and I just met Dan's dad. Uh, and who's our bass player. And I was like, wouldn't it be funny if there was like this fifties dad who was like, <laughs> like hyper, like not just like, like the TV version, he like knew his shit, you know? Yeah. And I got that line in my head. It's like, it kind of goth dad. It's kind of embarrassing, but still kind of cool. Goth dad. He'll brag all about how he saw the cure back in the eighties. Goth dad. <laughs> so I like wrote that and I recorded it. And I was like, I mean, this is not even the melody that I want for the song. And I, I think we just kind of threw the song away, but I showed it to Dan. I like called him. And I was like, Hey man, what do you like? this is funny, I think. And he's like, dude, that's hilarious. He's like, you need to post that on, you know, whatever. Cause at this point we had already kind of built a little bit of a following online and then it just like exploded. Yeah. And it was kind of <laughs> like, I, I'd never had that many people just suddenly aware of my existence. And I, I'm still not like hyper comfortable with it. Cause at the end of the day, I kind of hate social media. Like, we all like as artists, we all have to operate within the confines of the sure sort of like what we do. Oh, there's yeah, there's goth dad. But uh, you know, it, it but it also like opened these insane doors for us. And, you know, over time doing these kind of like I didn't realize so when I posted the video, people were like, Oh, that's hilarious. What does he do? And I was <laughs> like, What do you mean? It's like it's a joke song. And they're like, he's a character, right? He's like a the guy. And I was like, Oh, I can make this like a like a, a shtick. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I like having met Dan's dad, he's like, they're, his parents are from the Midwest, Dan's from, you know, Michigan, like Waukesha. Um, I like, or Wisconsin rather. I, I like something about that, like Minnesota, Wisconsin, like hyper wholesome accent. It's just so like American to me. And like, like I said, just wholesome. So I was like, oh, geez, you know, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I think that, like, maybe that's what goth dad sounds like. Yeah. Such a dad kind of thing. So I put that on there and then it's like, oh, hi there, baby bats. How you doing? Uh, let me yeah. show you this stuff about goth subculture. Let me show you a spooky, weird shit. And, you know, and, it's, <laughs> and, I, and, it, and like he sort of developed into this character of, you know, everything that I really wish that I like was he's like everything that I aspire to be as a person. He's like patient and kind and loving and cool and, and tries to kind of bring the baby bats into the fold of, of like, here's all the stuff that, that I think matters in a, in a healthy way. Cause when I was coming into the sort of the goth scene in the early two thousands, it was very toxic. It was very yeah. like judgy and gatekeepy and weird. And like, you'd go to clubs and you'd be like, like I was 18. I was like, 
this isn't fun. Like everybody's mean. And like, right. <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to flip the script on that. And the other part of it is like, I realize like that 90% of like kind of self-promotion on these newer platforms like TikTok and Instagram reels and all this stuff, it's inherently kind of like cringy to me where it's like, I don't, I don't, I just don't. So I was like, why don't I flip the script on that and make, the cringiest thing possible, a dad. You know? a dad. Well, what's what's great about it is, is you, you're doing this. First of all, you're doing this at, a, well, you picked a great time to do it and get mm. your, get yourself in front of people. Yeah. But at the same time, you're kind of the antithesis of where you're doing it. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're doing, <laughs> you're sending a positive message to a more than negative narcissistic crowd. So, <laughs> so. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's kind of cool that you're doing that because it, you know, it, it it does teach people that it's okay for certain things and certain behaviors. And, and yeah. maybe you're sending a positive message out there. Right. To kids that, you know, are uh, otherwise confused. And, and they're, believe me when I tell you, there is a lot more of that than you think there is. Oh, yeah. I kids mean, are struggling these days. It's, yeah. And I didn't really understand, like, the sort of cultural impact i guess i would i would right. say about like what goth dad was to people until we started to tour and then it became very blatantly obvious because uh you see i mean you see comments all the time like oh this is really great i appreciate the stuff and and, and i and i value that but it's not until you're like in face like face to face with somebody where they say hey like you know i know that you're like i just see these little 30 second videos and like you know it's not a huge deal but like i didn't have a dad growing up and just to see that and like have a male you know sort of like role model to, yeah. to kind of give me advice on this it's like it's cool you know and i'm like wow that's that's amazing like and i didn't comprehend that until i started to get out there and, and actually interact face to face with people and that's like made it like there was a time where I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this. Like after it kind of blew up, I was like, do I really want to like continue to do this like hammy shtick thing? <laughs> but over time, I realized the the value it had for people, and that became way more important than like my own concern for like, ugh, like this is kind of silly. I don't know. Um, it's it 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 means a lot to me now. But that's what's great about it is you keep mm -hmm. it light, but at the same time, you're sending a message, and that's. It's extremely important in today's culture, especially in the climate we're in now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, we're in a really volatile climate these days. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I couldn't be more tickled to see somebody like you out there doing this. Awesome. I work. I work uh, with a charity for LGBTQ kids, and they're mm -hmm. there. Some of them are goth, and they're confused, and they don't have role models. They've been rejected by what we're supposed to be their role models. So seeing mm. you out there doing this just um, really fills my heart. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate right. that. <laughs> so thank you for what you do. And uh, absolutely go ahead and continue. I just had to interject that for a minute. No, no, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess like continuing on the timeline of the story, so to speak, um, you know, we, we kind of built this audience and, and, and it, and it really continued to grow. Uh, we, you know, we put out our first record, um, in, I guess it was 2021 and in, in spring, mm -hmm. the second one came out last year in October and, uh, and around a, about a year and some change ago, uh, I kind of started to feel like, you know, I'd been, I've been in the military for long, like I was in the military for a long time. And then I was in the fire department for like just under five years and I'd been through a lot, you know, and I, my brain was like kind of at the point where I was like, I think I've seen enough. Like I have no yeah. more morbid curiosity about things. Like I've, I, and I've been through some really like bad situations. Sure. And I was like, you know, I was just kind of getting my ropes in with it where I was just, I was kind of burnt out. So I was looking for maybe something else to do for a little while anyway. And, and the band was just like, we were able to stand on our two feet. Uh, so I put in my resignation and I was like, all right, I'm going to go try this music thing for a year and see what happens. And like my chief, of my district in, in our fire um, department came up to me, you know, before I left and he was like, and he's like a, this is like a tough, like hard line dude. Like he's been doing this for like 25, <laughs> 30 years. Right. And he was like, Dusty, look, you know, we, you know, we love you. And like, you work hard here, you're valued here, you know, go do this, go do it with everything you got. And you have a year to come back and, and you just like come right back in. 
Um, so, you know, I mean, I guess it's a testament that we're doing okay <laughs> since it's been longer than a year now. Um, and, and, you know, like for me, it's, it's always there if I want to go back to it. Right. Um, but you know, this has been such a like satisfying thing to just like be able to travel and make art and just like, like I said, just get face to face with people and, and like understand that like what you're creating has impact on people in like very literal ways, uh, which oh, I, absolutely. Know, yeah, it's, it's hard, you know, as an artist, like you just make something and everything I make is for me first, you know, sure. not to be like totally self interested but you know i think i think that's the best way that art is served is is you you write something or create something and then you you let it like heal you right and, and you know fill a purpose for you and then you put it out there and then it, hopefully it like resonates sure so, it's so satisfying to know that that has happened at least to some extent um it's, it's nice to see that you know your what you what was your catharsis has turned into something that's become yeah uh, an income, like I'm—I mean, you know, how can you ask for better than that? Even yeah, even, yeah. For my, even for myself, it was like I started out as a musician, and I sort of fell into all the effects stuff. Yeah, uh, I was working in the industry, but I still was in a band, and we were trying to do it, and you know, it That's just awesome. it wasn't really going anywhere, and and uh, you know, I wound up kind of falling into effects, and that just took over. But yeah. that being said, like very similarly to what you're saying it was a very cathartic thing to be doing mm -hmm. and creating that stuff and then uh for me uh you know i didn't realize the impact that that the things that i had my hands in had the impact that it did until much later in life till i think the first time was like 2016 yeah you know and and that's when i realized you know at a, i did my first convention in 2016 and i realized wow, you know, people coming up to me talking to me about how this movie or that movie or whatever I did in that film, they thank me. And, you know, it, it's a very strange feeling. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it makes you want to sit and talk with them longer. It makes right. you want to engage with those people. And I, I, I don't I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. That's for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm one of those people for you. Man. This is like, this is a cool thing for me to just be here because like, <laughs> there's so many things that you've been a part of that, you know, that I that I truly love and value because for me, like, I'm a huge, obviously, horror fan. And, yeah. you know, I think like, the thing about people with horror movies, uh, I, you know, I, I spent a long time at one point, like wondering why I was into all this stuff. Like, why am I so you know, being somebody with like PTSD and like having seen really horrible things, like why do I continue to kind of like watch these things? Yeah, yeah. And and I, and what I realized is that it, it is it is sort of like controlled chaos, and it's like you're sort of exposing yourself to these like awful things, but it's like sure. exciting and fun because it's safe. But right. it's also like there's something about this like community of people that get it. And, it, and maybe it is like a little more nebulous and unknowable and like I can't quite put my finger on exactly why I love all this stuff or why all of us love this stuff. But when you're in the company of people that are in this world, um, it's it's like it's just that sense of communi community of, of being like, ah, yeah, like, man, you know, I love this movie. And and I don't you know, maybe you don't even know how to articulate it. But it's like when you find that other person, you're like, yeah, this is cool. I don't feel alone about right. this and and i remember well, you find your tribe so to speak you absolutely know? yeah <laughs> and i remember like you know for me like night of the demons man like that was a huge moment in my life because that introduced me heavily to bauhaus but it also just like introduced me to this like kind of horror that i genuinely love which is like it's really creepy but it's also like fun as hell yeah. And, you know, and I think there's like a specific subgenre that people haven't quite like tacked onto that. But I put like Night of the Demons, like uh, Lumberto Bava's Demons, uh, yeah. The Return of the Living Dead. Like it's kind of like party horror. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. But I love that. Like, because it's, it's, it's exciting, fun. but it's also it's, like, it's, it's fun. They're scary, but they don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was actually watching uh this like documentary the other day uh that's one of the special bonus features on uh the return of living dead part two's 
uh, Blu-ray, which is like not the best movie in the world, but I still love it. I think it's hilarious and fun. But one of the guys, I think it was one of the producers, um, but he was saying like, he was saying, you know, the thing, the reason it's kind of a weird documentary too, because it's all these like people that are like, this movie kind of sucks and nobody really liked it and we didn't really want to do it, but we did it anyway. Uh, there's a lot of like, eh. but um, the one guy says something that I, that I was like, that's spot on. He's like, the reason why the first movie is great is because it's a horror movie with some comedy in it. The second one's not great because it's a comedy movie with some horror in it. Right. Uh, but I, yeah, I love, I, I don't know. I've always just loved like when there's levity because I think it really helps with pacing in films, like horror films, especially because sure. like, like I can tell you, like having been through like a war and like, horrible horrible like way worse things than the war in atlanta <laughs> like there's moments of levity even when things are really fucked up yeah um and i think that that's like that's a beautiful thing and and that's that's one of those things that like resonates i think for people like us with messed up brains where we go oh like i get like they get that that sort of thing in horror and and that that i, I identify with that and that's really cool yeah it is it's it's interesting to hear you talk about it because knowing what you've like been through as a soldier and then a firefighter those are two of probably the most most graphic jobs you could have ever done yeah yeah you're dealing with the worst of the worst situations in both yeah um and it's interesting that horror and music became so cathartic for you for that yeah yeah I remember this one time when I was way younger, I was like, I was probably, this is like maybe the early 2000s before I joined the army or anything. And I remember watching another documentary on a DVD then uh, for the remake of Night of the Living Dead, Tom Savini's version. And they interviewed him and they're talking about the process of how he um, got to that point where George a Romero was like, Hey, I want you to do this movie. Like I want, like, we're going to do the remakes. I want you to direct it or whatever. Um, and he was talking about how he got, you know, drafted to Vietnam. And there's this like kind of moment where he's talking about like, you know, he's like, Oh, I was a combat uh, photography guy in Vietnam. And he's like, you know, I was seeing all these really visceral, real grotesque anatomical deaths. And, you know, he's like, when I came back, you know, I, I wanted to to kind of hyper simulate that and get it yeah. as as correct as I could. And, uh, and you know, there's something to that. There's like this level of catharsis. Um, and I've met a lot of a lot of people in the military of, of veterans or, or like first responders who love horror for that reason. Yeah. It's like there's just something about it that speaks to us, because when you're around chaos for a long time, you sort of make friends with it after mm-hmm. a while. And then you miss it too. Like, I don't miss like horrible things happening. Like, obviously I don't, you know, like I just, I hate it when things are happening to people and that cannot do something to defend themselves or whatever. Um, but you, you do miss the sense of like that, like calm that comes in the middle of the chaos where you're like, all right, here's what we got to do. You right. know? And, um, and I get like a sense of that when I'm watching a horror movie, I still get this like, excitement and, and sure. feeling of like, Oh, what's going to happen? I don't know. It's the adrenaline rush in a safe space. Yes, exactly. Which is kind of a beautiful thing. Mm. And it's, it's, believe it or not, it's that way creating that stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did you get into like, what, what brought you into that world? I uh, honestly, I really literally fell into it. And most of the listeners know all of that story, but I'll tell you it's uh Literally, I was in a band and I became roommates with uh, my guitarist and Steve Johnson was the other roommate. And and Steve Johnson, as you know, worked on Ghostbusters and Fright Night and all of that. And I was kind of blown away that I had the opportunity to not only be roommates with this guy, but I could pick his brain for stuff I wanted to do on stage. Right. Yeah. Well, as I started to pick his brain and he saw more and more of the makeup I was doing on myself. Uh, you know, he just one day asked me, do you want to come make rubber monsters? And how can you, how can you possibly turn that down? Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I'll pass. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, it's like, I can get paid for this. Are you kidding? Yeah, no, awesome. I'm not kidding. So yeah, it was, what uh, kind of, what kind of band was it? Um, goth. It was actually oh, yeah. a band called London after midnight. 
Oh shit! Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> my brain. Yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah. I actually just saw uh, London After Midnight at uh, Cruel World. Uh, yeah, Sean. Sean is Sean is a super talented songwriter. Yeah. Uh, I I co-wrote some stuff with him early, early, and then literally Steve stole me from the band and, and mm-hmm. he, he brought other people in. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. still they're still rocking it. So that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I, like, it, it's funny when my like my brain is so like scattered right now. But uh, yeah, I like that's such a cool thing because like I remember uh, finding uh, was it Spider in the Fly? Yeah, uh, and I was just like, this is fucking great. Like, this is so yeah. good. <laughs> like when I was a kid, and it was one of those one of those songs that's like, um, yes, uh, it just it really captures like the the kind of mystery. And like the creepiness of goth, I think. Yeah. Like perfectly. Perfectly. Yeah, that's that song actually started uh with uh, a guy named David Herman. Mondo was the, the original singer and myself. And mm-hmm. we sort of brought the the riff into the mix, gave it to Sean, and Sean turned it into Spider and the Fly, which is just absolutely cool. I mean, yeah. I love it. it's what he's done with some of that stuff is amazing and I I, you know, even the, even the early stuff I co-wrote with him, I'm like, this needs to stay with this band. So never asked any of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited because, um, some of our new stuff that we're working on with this third record that'll be out next year is like shifting in that kind of direction. It's more like to the rock side of goth rock. Um, I think our first like two records are very like, um, more in the world of the cure, and they're very sure. jangly and pretty and like, you know, we're Athens, like Athens bands, you know, we, this is jangle pop capital, you know, REM, the B-52s, Pylon, yeah. like that's what, and, and I love all those bands um, yeah. and, and I've definitely taken nods from them as well. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I've, I've, this third record is just forming to be kind of more of a like angry, like <laughs> just, I'm like, just, you know, I, I spent a lot of time being very sad about <laughs> things that I've been through. I think right. that was kind of the first two records and, uh, and now I'm just kind of like so frustrated and I find myself just like, you know, reading about what's going on in the world, all over the yeah, world. Absolutely. Just being so angry that we're like, we're not learning anything. We're just sort of making these same mistakes, especially in this country Running in circles, kicking our own asses. Yeah, I'm and it's and it's like no more obvious than like what's going on right now. We're like at the press, the precipice of like major, maybe a major war yeah. again. And I'm like, what? Like, why are we doing this? This is so stupid and so senseless. Profits. And yeah, and it really just boils down to money. I mean, when I got off the C-130 in Afghanistan with my rifle platoon, you know, as an infantry officer. Uh, former enlisted, but infantry officer at the time. And I had 30 guys and we like got off that plane and we were, we went to, we flew in from Kyrgyzstan to um, Kandahar airfield and that like ramp dropped at that C-130 and I got hit with that 120 degree air. And I was like, Uh, Oh God. And we walked out and I was like, you know, and, and like, I was so like mentally just like, all right, here it is. Like we're here. This is the war, you know? And I'm like, all right, we get out and I'm like, God, all my guys, I'm like, let's go. You know, we get out and it's not like, you're not like under fire. It's like the, you know, big airfield, but you have this sense of like, there's this sort of like, um, reverence that comes over you. Mm-hmm. But then we like go through this like terminal and check in. And then it's like, there's like a TGI Friday and like a pizza <laughs> and like all these contractors. And I'm like, what is this? And you wow. realize the scope of how big this base is. It's like 50,000 people. Sure. And you're like, what? And most of them are not most, but like a lot of them are not soldiers. They're contractors. They're like people that wash the clothes, people that repair the the trucks, people that, you know, feed the troops. Like, and it's all stuff that used to be done by soldiers, but now it's done by, you know, multi-billion dollar international corporations that thrive and profit off of warfare. Mm-hmm. And and the whole time we were there, like we're out there patrolling in the city of Kandahar and then in the surrounding villages. And it was just like, we were the last official combat deployment. So it was like, my, my soldiers would literally be like, what are we doing? And I was like, (laughs) you know, we're taking care of each other. Yeah. We're doing it right. And we're going to, we're going to stay safe as we can. And we're all going to get home. And we did. And that was cool. But it was like, 
you know, every day, like not so much in the city, but when you're in the, uh, in the villages out in the outskirts, cause it's like unimproved roads, it's just dirt roads, you know, and that's where you can just like step on a pressure plate and oh yeah, and have your leg blown off. Then you're like looking around and you're trying to keep, you know, your, your head up into the hills and into the, the buildings and stuff. So you don't get shot. Yep. You're also like looking at the ground and you're like, is that bump going to be like, is that going to, is that bump? Is that bump? And you're just like, and if, at some point you're just like, screw it, man. Like I, whatever, like, uh, somebody, I was actually talking to somebody on Instagram the other day. Cause there was this like post about, uh, like Toyotas are like all over Afghanistan for some yeah. reason. Like they're just, I guess they're cheaply made cars or whatever. And they're just commonly available. But like, there was this one moment like of hilarity, where I was in the MRAP, like, which is a big, like armored vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, and we're, I'm on the radio and we would get these like things called bolos. It's be on the lookout. And it was like, Hey, be on the lookout for like a guy wearing this or whatever, you know, it's like possible suicide bomber. Cause we had like these intelligence people that would listen into right. these radio interceptors where they could listen to the Taliban talking to each other. So like one time we were out in the middle of like, the city and there was this like big bolo alert it was like hey no shit like there is somebody in a white toyota corolla that is a like in a suicide like uh like a v-bed which is a vehicle born ied and mm-hmm. they are in your area and they are we're hearing communications that like they are trying to find you and i was like oh shit so i'm like all right hey we got it like everybody keep your keep your your shit together gunners like we have four trucks gunners be on the lookout white toward a corolla and my gunner like he's a he's like kind of behind me because i'm in the front of the vehicle mm-hmm. he like kind of kicked me in the shoulder he's like sir hey look around dude and i look around and there's literally just like white Toyota corollas <laughs> everywhere like everywhere if we're just gonna die whatever <laughs> i mean and obviously nothing happened we got out of there and it was fine right. it was just like this sense of futility and and I think you just sort of like even outside of the sort of like military industrial complex nastiness, just as a soldier in modern combat environments, you become very succinctly aware that like it, that it has nothing to do with your like prowess as a warrior or like your ability to survive like in a fight. It is literally random. Like the first night we were there, we got rocketed and it like landed pretty not like immediately close but pretty d- damn close to us and i and i like grabbed we were in this like big tent thing and i and we were all asleep and i like grabbed my one of my soldiers because he was just kind of like waking up he's like what the hell is going on i was like get in the ground and i wow. grabbed him and i like laid on top of him and i was like everybody get down and the rockets are going off and i remember thinking like why am i even like laying on him because if we get hit with this thing like it's yeah. not gonna matter yeah i know and so all that kind of stuff just really started to uh, like affect my perception of of what this whole thing was. And I I already had a feeling that it was all like very wrong, but mm-hmm. it wasn't until I like saw it firsthand and I was like, nah, this is not it. And you know, I mean, we I I, I have so much empathy for like especially like say for example, Ukraine, like people like trying to defend their doorstep from yeah you know, this massive invading army. But I also feel so conflicted about it because it's like, you know, President Biden just got on the the news the other day and was like, hey, we're giving a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine and Israel. And it's like, where does this end? Because we don't, you know, like we don't have any vested real interest in this. It's like, I feel like it's it's just we're just writing these checks. Yeah. Or just big brother. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and everything here is just like, become Big Brother. <laughs> right. But the the most upsetting aspect of it, outside of the the senselessness of warfare and the civilians that that utterly suffer and die because of that all the time, the other really upsetting aspect is is like look at what is going on here. Like infrastructure is collapsing. We have no yeah. access to healthcare. We have massive student loan debt. I mean, it's like on and on and on. There's all these problems, you know that we're doing nothing about, but everybody's just like, as soon as, as soon as like these figureheads like go, it's time to go to war. All these idiots are just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's send your kid, not mine, but yours. Yeah. So, and then they gather up all these marginalized groups of people 
you know, the poor and minority groups and they send them off disproportionately yep. to war. Yep. And it's the same thing. And we're just not learning. And it's, that's the real horror movie. <laughs> it's it, like, it is. It absolutely holy is. Shit. So I don't know. And that's, I mean, that's like what I'm trying to do with this music is just kind of like, for me, it's like, I just feel so like <sighs> exhausted sometimes. And it feels like numbing to 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 even try to care because it's like what am i like who am i'm no i'm just like some dude you know but what am i going to change but i, well, I, I one, that... remember this one voice becomes two two voices become 10 10 voices become 100 so exactly, exactly. It, it's all about you you know you still have a voice and while you have it use it right i mean i you know i i, I really hope that that when when i leave this earth you know i can look back in those final moments and be like you know i i really tried hard to like make things better because yeah. i really believe in that i really believe that you know like like you said just it's like your voice you know amplifies with everybody else's and 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 we're all like doing these tiny little things but it all accumulates and and it creates sea change and that's just like you know, I, I I think about like um like iconic songs that really have affected me, and and there's and I love music and I love like especially you know goth and post punk stuff, but there's some like really beautiful iconic songs that that remind me of like our humanity and like one of those songs is like Sunday Bloody Sunday by U two, yeah. yeah. you know that's a song where it's like you feel it every single time, you know, and I'm a huge fan of like their early discography. Yeah. Um, but when like, and I've seen them live and when they play that live, it's like, you feel, um, it, it feels reverent and special and yeah. it's, and it's a beautiful thing. And, and I think it just reminds people like, Hey, we have to pay attention because these atrocities will just keep happening if we yeah. don't. But what's interesting is even earlier than that for me was Pink Floyd. Oh Yeah. Yeah. yeah out of that absolutely yeah, yeah i mean that's, like that, that's always been a big influence for me was pink floyd so yeah oh here's the i've yeah. got <laughs> i'm a huge like my dad was like a big like kind of classic and prog rock guy but also new yeah. wave so yeah. i got a heavy dose of pink floyd and, and uh led zeppelin and you know like genesis and all that stuff when well, i was that's what i loved about them is they were very dark mm -hmm. i mean they were very melodic and cool and everyone calls them like what do you call it acid rock or stuff yeah it's yeah not, it's not at all it's very heady yeah oh yeah <laughs> I mean, heavy in the message if you get to the wall <laughs> oh yeah the wall is like that is the one of the darkest records and especially yeah. the movie that they made yeah it's one so of my amazing. one of my favorites ever yeah i mean I, I love it and it's just it's such a beautiful masterpiece of just like I think that 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 album with the movie is like the perfect confluence of film and and music coming 100%. together uh, with animation too. That's just like insane. That's just so, it's amazing film, yeah, amazing yeah. soundtrack, and just really affects you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I, you know, I, and I'm I'm hoping to do with this, like, um, you know, we just put out this video. Um, that's a little more of like the aforementioned sort of party horror. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, like we, were gonna, we were gonna get into that because I'd like <laughs> I'd like to show it off. Um, yeah, yeah. How did you sure. get involved with with Fangoria with that with regards to that? So it's kind of <clears throat> funny because like you know I grew up with Fango. Like I I my first one that I ever bought from a newsstand. I was thirteen. They did a retrospective of the Beyond. Uh, by Lucio Fulci, and and it was the the like caved in head of that like girl that the the doctor like plugs with the three fifty seven mag at the end of the movie when everybody turns into zombies, and it's just like this gnarly, just super graphic cover, and I was like, what is that? Yeah, and I remember grabbing it, and I was like, oh, it's horror movies, and this is like when I was really starting to f like find my love for horror. And I just flipped through it and I was like, I have to buy this. And I remember going, can I buy this? Like, cause it's like, I mean, it, it I mean, it just seemed like there's no way they're going to let me. So I go up and I bought it and the guy at the register like scanned it and he's like, 
can you buy this? And I was like, I don't know, man. And he's like, he scanned it and there was no like age thing. So he's like, all right, here you go. And I was like, holy shit. And I had to like hide it. Cause my mom was like, I was like, my mom's, my parents are really cool. But I mean, I was 13. I was like, I don't think I'm yeah. supposed to have this. So anyway, you know, I, I bought it for years, but, um, I, I it, as far as this whole thing with Fangoria with us, I got a call like out of the blue one day and just like a voicemail. Um, and uh it basically was it was uh phil the chief editor of fango and he was just right. like hey um you know I, uh, I i got in touch with um a friend of mine who who, who you're friends with that's ryan turek uh who's the executive producer for blumhouse uh-huh. uh, he's, he's him and his wife uh, cr are like really good friends of my partner scarlett and i and we've just kind of met out in the wild and he's like uh i, I hope i hope it's okay but i i really want to um I really want to do a piece on you guys, like kind of like a, like a sort of 1989 Rolling Stones sort of thing, like a multi-page <laughs> article about your story. Cause I'm just fascinated by like all the things that you've done and been through. And I was like, what? And I called him back. And I was like, Hey, it's, it's dusty from vision video. What's up, man. And he's like, Hey, it's good to meet you. Uh, wow, what do you cool. think about that? And I was like, yeah, of course, <laughs> like let's do it, man. So he interviewed me for the uh, actually funny enough I have it right here for this. Um, there's me. He didn't tell me that they were going to put me on the front too, which was wild. I was like, what? <laughs> but um, yeah, he, we did this great interview uh, and he, and he just, he nailed the story. He got everything that I wanted to say, but also with the cool, like horror stuff, like he, um, we have this one song called organized murder. That's about war. And uh, we we kind of nicked um, Tony Todd from Night of Living Dead, 1990, mm-hmm. uh, where he says this line where he's like, you know, it was like it was like a war. This is something nobody ever seen before. Uh, this is pure hell on earth. Mm-hmm. And I put that as a sample in the song because I that's how I felt about warfare and and like seeing him in that movie now, like it really hits. I think. If you're a veteran, you got to watch Night Living Dead. Oh yeah, because absolutely, it's this moment. He and he's in front of the fire. He's talking to uh, Patricia Tallman's Barbara character, and he's sort of like digesting this this like post traumatic dump of of experience. He's just getting it out, and yeah. he, and she's just kind of like observing him, and he's just in it. And I'm like, man, I've I've been that. I've been like, yeah. I have moments like that where I have to like pull myself out of it because you most people think of like flashbacks as like oh i see i'm in it no it's your brain just goes into that world and you get stuck in it and you and sometimes it just verbally comes out and i was like man that is on point that is exactly how i felt about some of the things that i've been through um so anyway you know we put it in the song and, and he he like really highlighted that and talked about that and we we went really deep into that and it was and it's just a great article so that that all happened. And around that same time, Phil, uh, during the interview, actually, he's like, so you guys have anything coming out? And I was like, yeah, well, we have the third record. It's it's kind of in in transit right now. It's being created. And but it's called Modern Horror, um, right. ironically, so or conveniently, maybe. But uh, he uh, I, I said, you know, we're also we're about to reach. We're going to shoot this video for the song called in my side. Um, we kind of, it's actually one of our original songs from our first record. We re-recorded it with this new studio. Cause when you, sometimes when you, I mean, you know how it is like you write a song, you play it a thousand times, it changes sure, and it becomes something totally different. So we wanted to kind of capture the more like the energy that it has now. Cause it's just mm-hmm. like a more energetic song. Uh, so we did that and we were like, let's shoot this video that we always talked about doing, but we couldn't do cause it was during the lockdowns. So we constructed this sort of like horror movie uh, in a, in a video uh, and it was based on Dan's, the bass player, his, his partner, uh, Lindsay uh, basically was like, you should do a video where like a witch like manipulates you guys on stage. So that was kind of the original concept. And then Dan and I like sat down and we like really <laughs> fleshed out the monster, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so, so I told Phil about it I, and we hadn't recorded it yet or filmed it yet. Uh, but I was like, yeah, we're, we're kind of organizing this. It's in its infancy, uh, but it will be out like around that, maybe the same time that the article would come out. And he's like, dude, right. we'll hear it for you. And I was like, yes, 
awesome. Yes, this will be great. So um, all the pieces came together, a uh, little bit of help from Ryan, but a lot of really the director who's this, he's 23 years old. His name is uh, Elwood Quincy Walker. He's going to be a huge horror director. Like 10 years from now, everybody's going to know who he is because he's just awesome. Ryan sent me, he was like, he's like, hey man, I know the guy to direct this video. And he sent me this short film of Elwood's called Kissed. Mm-hmm. And you've got to check this thing out. It's it's so good. It's this this like short film. And, and immediately I was like, that's the guy. So he sent me his number. I called him. We talked for two hours about the video. He's He's got so much energy. He was just like, dude, I'm, I've always wanted to do a music video. This sounds amazing. Like, I love the concept. Let's go for it. So yeah. him and I just started kind of sourcing people out. We kind of put out this sort of like through the channels and we landed uh, Haley Trefiro, um as the head of the makeup, um, the SFX makeup crew. We had five makeup artists and um, we had, we got a few character actors from like the walking dead because we're here in Athens. We're very close to Atlanta. Um, and uh, like, you know, uh, just like, all these really cool people, uh, stunt coordinator, um, prop master, like, you know, and it became a real production. And this was the first time that we'd ever done this. Like, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's, it's also, this is like back in, I guess, early September and the strikes are still, I mean, they're still going. They are. Um, yeah, everybody was like, hell yeah, let's do this. And And they were super into the idea. And it was just so cool. We got the 40 watt club in Athens, which is like, so the, I wanted the video to be kind of two things. I wanted it to pay like homage to horror because I owe so much of that for keeping me sane mm-hmm. uh, and, and alive in a way. But I also wanted to pay um, uh, homage to um, like Athens, Georgia and the music scene here because it's such an important part of the city and, and what we do here. And uh, the 40 watt club is the venue. It's my favorite place in the world to play. It's just got this vibe. It's one of those places you walk in you're like, I don't even know. Like I, I could go in there tonight. I don't even know what's playing, but you walk in, you're like excited because <laughs> the cool energy to it. Um, so, you know, and, and I think we did both really well. It's a, it's a, it's a short horror film, yeah. but it's also like this kind of punk rock, you know, love letter to, to Athens. Um, and we shot it, we did it in two days. It was like eight hours at night. Um, the first night out actually at Tom Ashton of the March violets. Cause mm-hmm. he's like a good friend of mine. He lives here with his That's family. Cool. Yeah. They, he, he tours with us. He plays bass for us. Like we're actually going to go to Europe in like a week and a half and he's going to play bass for us on that tour. He's like one of my best friends. Uh, we shot a lot of videos out there actually, but we shot for eight hours, got a couple hours of sleep. And then we shot for like something like 19 hours <laughs> the next day yeah. and we, and we just got it all done. And then Elwood edited it as well. And when he sent us that final version, I was just like, wow, it's oh, fantastic. I mean, just how it's literally in my opinion and i'm i'm obviously partial but i mean it's just perfect he just nails the every single aspect of of what i wanted to kind of convey uh visually but also sort of thematically and and through the energy of the video um and it's just super fun and it's been wild like um uh uh, Cassandra Peterson, uh, Elvira, like reposted it the other night, and then Joe Bob and Darcy the Mail Girl is uh, like, "Whoa, this is just crazy!" Like, it's just awesome. so cool that it's getting around, um, you know. And and uh, I mean, it's just it's so it's like an honor, you know. It's like to to know that you've participated in something that that just nails it, you know. And that's such a cool moment. Well, well let's uh, let's show that off right now by showing that to our viewers. Yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) 
geez, Emily, you know, if you didn't insist on taking us into the middle of nowhere, we might be there by now. So we're gonna miss soundcheck again? Doesn't matter to me. I'm always ready to play. Do you even know where you're going? You know what? You would've just... Yeah, we'll go. Hey, are you okay?
I love that video. I actually love it a lot. So yeah. uh, thank you for putting it out there and, and, and adding a little more inspiration for me to do what I do. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That so, means a lot to me. I mean, it's fun. You, you're a, you're like a hero. So like, I mean, I just, well, you know, the, you get more music videos, give me a call, make sure yeah. you get my number. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I would love to, to bring you into that. That would be like just another like total dream come true. And I, I think what we're going to do is just sort of like, uh, as, as we get towards this release is we're going to make another one, um, uh, kind of a, maybe a different, like uh, a totally different vibe from that one. Sure. Something way darker and like more serious. Um, but we were also like kicking around the idea of like connecting the sort of storyline a little bit, like having some like tangent that like spills out from that video. Um, Cause I think it'd be fun to do like, so, you know, so a zombie it, movie in the city streets or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard of this band uh, in the eighties in Los Angeles, there was a band called X Voto. I don't, think I don't so. know if you've ever heard of them, but there was a music video they did called If I and myself and a uh, gentleman by the name Sean Sure, I want to say is his last name. Mm. We produced everything for that video on a video toaster. We shot it in a burned out building in downtown Los Angeles and unbelievable stupid hours. <laughs> uh, unbelievably stupid human tricks like uh busting a pane of glass instead of having sugar glass and i had everybody throw leather jackets over me with a camera and <laughs> it was uh i'm surprised i didn't get killed but uh yeah. <laughs> it uh, it turned out really cool and and those are the kinds of things that putting that stuff out there even with the messages in it 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 makes you feel better about your product like yeah. you're, you're putting that message out there and you're you're paying not only paying homage but you're still getting your message in there yeah yeah absolutely awesome. yeah it just it, it sort of like feels more real uh like i i, I love music videos and, and it's, yeah. it's kind of funny because i feel like we're in this sort of like post music video time yeah yeah. everything like i don't think there's enough of them <laughs> yeah there's definitely not but i, I think that there's still like we're not like totally beyond this like sort of cultural zeitgeist of like the importance of them right I think, like this thing really kind of proves that there's something you know really valuable uh and, and again it's that it's that like that confluence of art and, uh, like our music and film coming together right. to make something that's just so much more spectacular than absolutely music that, is storytelling that, music yeah. is storytelling yeah. And if you want to get that story even further across the plate, how, how much better than to make a mini movie out of it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the song in my side is kind of, I mean, it's a, again, you know, party goth, like party <laughs> horror vibes, but it's a very, you know, it's about uh, sort of being obsessed with or addicted to things that are really bad for you. Not necessarily like straight up addiction, but like, mm -hmm. You know, I was addicted to, you know, chaos and adrenaline yeah. for a long time. And I needed to get that to feel dopamine for right. a long time until I kind of rewired my brain through therapy. Right. And that's really bad. Like, it's not good to be like, man, I hope something really horrible happens today at the fire. Like, that's just like a horror because you start to feel really guilty Cause you're yeah. like, shit, this is, this is people's lives. You know, like I'm not, this isn't fun. This is horrible. Yeah. You know, like plugging gunshot wounds, you go back to the firehouse, you're like high five and you know, everybody in the crew and it's like, good, good save. Awesome. You know, but you're also like, yeah, but there was like a shooter right in the building next door. Yeah. And you know, I'm like covered in blood and that guy, you know, may died tonight and you, and yeah. you start to like process the reality and it's like, you, you put up this this screen to protect yeah. yourself and you compartmentalize, but there's still very real ramifications to what's happening out there. Sure. Um, but, you know, you still it's like it calls and it still does. Like I'm I feel it all the time. Like every single time I see an ambulance going lights and sirens, I'm like, mm. man, I should be on that thing. Yeah, because yeah, I always I always like I was a pretty damn good firefighter. I was a great paramedic. And because being a paramedic is like chess, it's like thinking three steps ahead, not just in yeah, the yeah. and then just keeping totally calm, no matter what, just keeping your shit together. Because the second you lose it, that patient's like screwed. Yeah. So, 
you know, I just, I feel it all the time. And I'm like, but remember, like there's a, that call is not a good thing. So that's what the song is about. And it's, and I'm glad that like in the video, you know, it's like, so we have Lulu who's uh she's like one of the top burlesque performers in the world is our witch. And yeah. she's, uh, you know, that, my favorite thing in the, in the beginning, uh, when we run her over, uh, she curses me in that whispering voice. And mm-hmm. that's actually, she's native Mohawk and she's whispering Mohawk curses. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I was like, man, maybe you should like uncurse me after this. But he's like, have, have a shade ceremony, something. <laughs> yeah. But she's like the literal physical metaphor for that whole thing for me because she's this awful creature mm-hmm. but then she becomes this like beautiful powerful orchestrating still a monster but she's gorgeous and she's alluring and it's like yeah. and she's the thing that kills me in the end and i'm like right. that's the literal <laughs> thing about it and i was like man this is you know i mean and, and it just seemed like unless i explain it it, it comes across as just like, it's just a fucking awesome video and it's just fun. Yeah. yeah. But there's so much to it. And that's why I love horror because so many people will write this stuff off and they'll say, oh, it's just like monsters and gore and whatever. And it's just, eh. no, no, there's, there's a subtext. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's always a subtext. I mean, look at, look at every single horror movie or not every single, but like so many of the great horror movies that came out in like seventies yeah. and eighties, like night of living dead. Night of living dead. It's it is a huge yeah like Vietnam civil rights I mean that's one yeah. of the pivotal times in the world and then and then Dawn of the Dead moving yeah. into commercialism you know Day of the Dead nuclear proliferation and and ultimate yeah. destruction of humanity uh, you know I, I mean just the yeah, horror has always been very political yeah and I I I think that it's such a cool vehicle that is still so unexplored in film. And there's just so much room for people to tell really important stories. Um, yeah, and like I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to start. I'm actually this December. I'm going to start writing a script uh, about kind of uh, post-traumatic stress. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to write the story about these soldiers who uh, go to war together, and they're like really good friends. Um, one of them's kind of like a, he's like a little bit of a bastard, but he's like he loves his guys. And the other one's like your everyman hero, and he has to kind of make a decision to save his friend, the bastard, or like save a civilian. And ultimately, his friend dies, and then he comes home, and he's like messed up in the head, but he's like he's starting to process the world again. But then his friends start showing up and fucking things up, mm-hmm. and like, but it's like literally happening. So it's not like a metaphor. Like his friend is like actually coming mm-hmm. back to ruin his life. Um, so, you know, and I think like, there's just, like I said, there's room for, for so many different kinds of people that haven't been able to tell stories. Um, because I don't want to, I don't want to just write a script about like a soldier coming home and like dealing with PTSD. Like that's not interesting to me because I think like one of my favorite authors of all time is Tim O'Brien. He wrote this book called the things they carried and he was, um, he was sent to Vietnam uh, when he was like 19 or 20 and the book is about Vietnam and it's kind of his story, but it's a sort right. of, um, f- fictionalization of it. And in the middle of the book, he, he literally like talks to you. Like he breaks the fourth wall and he's like, this isn't real, but it is real. It's, it's actually more real than the reality of what happened to me because sometimes stories capture the reality more than anything that I could just tell you, like I could tell you a story about how we went into the hills of, you know, uh, of, of the highlands of Vietnam and we marched all day and somebody stepped on a mine, or I can tell you uh, sort of a story about that, but not directly, but it captures the essence of that thing way better than the real story. Right. Um, and and I think that that is like really alluring to me about like sure. horror is like, we can, we can, not exactly nail this like um this scary thing uh with 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 a, with the literal nature of what happened but more uh in the essence of what happens and that's a that's awesome that's a really cool thing well that's awesome man thank you so much for sharing your time with us today yeah yeah thank We're just you just about out of time 
And uh, I wanted to wrap up by having you uh, plug and tell people where we can find you, where we can find your music and, and how to how to support you guys. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Um, so, I mean, the hub for everything is just uh, it's real easy. It's just visionvideoband.com. That has our tour dates that are upcoming. We keep that completely up to date. It has our merch, which we run ourselves. So like basically if you want to buy a t-shirt that goes a long way for us, like we, that comes directly sourced from us. Um, it has like links to all of our social media stuff. Uh, if you want to just go to directly to social media, again, it's just vision video band on basically every single platform. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I, like I'll say it this way, uh, we, we, we have some great records and we have great songs, but we're Absolutely. way better live. <laughs> so come see us. It's better seen live. I'll vouch for that. Um, you know, I just kind of tripped over these guys and, uh, I really like them. So, oh yeah. Thanks. Man. Listen to them. Give them a listen. Trust me. They're very good. And I would love to see them live. Thanks again, Dusty, so much for being with us today. Total and honor. Thanks. Nick. Hopefully we can have you back on again. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you all out there who are listening to this podcast. So just a friendly reminder that Hypodermic is brought to you by UA Acoustics, quality acoustic treatments that don't break the bank. You can visit them at www.ua-acoustics.com. That is www.uaacoustics.com. Nick, this has been another great episode. I'll see you next week. Thank you, Dusty, for joining us. This podcast will be available on all major podcast platforms anywhere you consume audio video content this has been tj bowser that is nick benson that is dusty from vision video and i'll see you guys later Bye bye